Hi, I'm Becca Otis from Five Lines Pottery in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm Ryan Durbin from RD Ceramics located in Southgate, Kentucky. And welcome to Wheel Talk. Hey guys, we've loved answering all of your questions so far. If you'd like to hear your question on the podcast, please send them to us on Instagram at Wheel Talk Podcast or by email to wheeltalkpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Boom. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka boom. Hi, Ryan. Hi. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Back to your regular scheduled program. Yes. Your regular scheduled program, except for we aren't as excited to see each other today because we've already seen each other this week. Yeah, we saw each other on Monday. Is that Monday? I felt like today was Thursday, but... It was not Thursday. It was nice. Wednesday. It feels like the days, the week's going by a little slower, which I think is good. I get a little yeah? more prepped for for my show this weekend. I was doing a lot of... What show do you have for this weekend? I'm doing the Woodland Art Fair uh, in Lexington, oh. Kentucky. Nice. So I think this is the fourth year I've done it. Nice, nice, nice. It's been a good show. I think that was my... Before I started doing Berea, that was my best show. That was your best show? Yep. Yeah, Berea's done well for you. Yeah. And Berea's um, like 30 minutes south of Lexington. It's like real, real close to Lexington, 45 minutes south of Lexington. So they're kind of in the same area, like central Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I stayed at Bears last time we did. you did Berea and then came down and saw you. Mm-hmm. And it was like yeah, we went to dinner with minutes. Bear last year, and yeah. at the Lexington show. Yeah. So I kind of got into it last minute this year. I applied late technically. Oh And they no. were like, "Oh, we're past applications," but I was like really nice through email. And then at some point, I think about two months ago, they were saying, "Hey, we have a spot open if you're still interested." I'm. What I'm guessing is once gas prices start shooting up, some people that came people long like, distances nah. probably canceled. Yeah, I would have done that. <laughs> so, uh, that's my guess. But, because I don't think normally they have a wait list. But, I mean, I've already done it before. So, maybe technically I was on a wait list, like, informally. Right, right, right. And they they reached out. So, I'm glad I could do it. Yeah. I was a little behind on some applications this year. Stuff gets um, away from me. Deanna was like, I'm going to, she goes, I'm going to start looking at applications right now. I'm going to send you a bunch of stuff. And I was like, thank you for being my show mother. <laughs> <laughs> and I still haven't looked at them. I'm so sorry, Deanna. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have to be on the ball. So I think I started making a list for next year of just, here's when the show is in the year and then here's when the applications normally are due. Yeah. So that I can like be on the lookout. And there's so many different ways to apply for shows depending on the show you're doing. So some of them have them on their own website. Some of them are on application. Some of them, yeah, they randomly post through email. They, you got to get on like a mailing list and then they'll email you the, inv- the application. Cause it's like a smaller right. group. So it's yeah, very, like, we don't want to work with that this application. We don't want to pay for that. Yeah, I mean, the good thing about Zap is they already have it up so far in advance that you know it's coming. Yeah. But yeah, all the other ways, like, and some of them don't even mention, like, hey, the application will be up on 
January 1st, and then January 5th comes, and you don't set a reminder or anything, and you're just like, well, I forget about it, and, you know, I might be on Zap application applying for other shows, and then I don't see that one because it's not on Zap, so I gotta, you know, figure out other, hopefully remember it. Yeah. But. Ugh, I hate applications. This is why I like living in such a small town. Where you just, like, like, find out, hey, do you got a spot for me? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a spot for the show this weekend? It's like, no. Gotta get that shit on the calendar. Gotta get it on the calendar. Yeah, like, well, I'm kind of in that kind of situation this weekend, actually. Rebecca, like, sent me a picture of a flyer that was like, hey, we're having a uh, one-year anniversary uh, party. And all the vendors have a free, it's a free booth fee, you know, no booth fee and... One year of having a show? No, I think it's a restaurant or something. I haven't, honestly, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, So it's at this place and they've been open a year. So it's like their one year anniversary party. Mm -hmm. And so they just were like, hey, vendors are free. We have 10 spots. Okay. Come if you want. So they don't necessarily have to, like, like Rebecca doesn't have product in their store or whatnot. She's right. Just, it's just like, hey, it's a party. And yeah, and we Rebecca's not going to do businesses. it, but I'm doing it. So. Okay. She just sent it to me because she, like, met this lady at a show. Okay. And what kind of business is it? I, I love how you think that I even know that. That's what I'm saying. Like, why do you want to potentially waste your time if you don't even know what it is? Because Rebecca sent it to me, and she knows things. Okay. Like, here, I'll find out. It's, a. Uh... Oh, shit. Um, one year. Oh, shit. Now I have to find it. <laughs> well, you gotta know where you're going, at least. One year anniversary show. It is... The Parlor Public House. Sounds like a brew pub or something. Yeah, bar or brewery. Yeah. Okay. It's not very long. I think it's like... Three or four mm, hours? Yeah. 12 to 4. On a Saturday? On a Saturday. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That would be kind of low effort. I I feel like when those shows start at 11 or 12, I'm like... I can pretty much sleep in. Like, I don't have to get up at the crack of dawn to go set up. And right? Usually a four-hour show. Like I'm not gonna bring my whole setup. I'm gonna bring like a table and a half, or a table and a mug yeah. rack, or something like I would do for a farmers market. Yeah, I just have my farmers market booth set up, so yeah, it's nothing fancy. Easy peasy. Easy peasy, pumpkin okay. peasy. So what's new with you? I know you got some new new things going on over there. You're probably I working on some... something right now. I am. That's why I feel that I feel like that's why I'm like a little bit disconnected. But I'm gonna be done in like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight balls. <laughs> eight balls so, left. Eight balls left. Um, I have decided that I'm gonna do jewelry, and I'm gonna do it well, and I'm gonna care about it, and. I'm going to make my booth all kitschy, and so people that walk by are like, wow, look at that. 
It's nice. so pretty. Nice. Mm-hmm. Th- this isn't like a Tuesday night keeping you up idea that's going to happen for like a month. It's like... <laughs> no, this, this is, is like... A medium-term plan. Yeah, this is a Becca has been thinking about this for two months sort of plan. Okay. Um, and I couldn't like... I knew that I wanted to do something with potentially with jewelry. Um for a couple reasons one if i'm going to be traveling more in the future i want to have something that i can take with me small footprint um two i have always wanted to do jewelry since i was in college yeah um but like i never had the resources available like i've never been in a jewelry class or anything like that Mm -hmm. um And so I've always wanted, and I was going to kind of like get into glass jewelry. Me and Krista were working together, but then my carpal tunnel got in the way and now I can't like, um, do the glass melting or whatever it's called because my hands get all messed up Mm -hmm. like immediately. And, um, and also it's, I don't know. I'm just so sick of selling cups. Like I'm sick of people like saying, Oh, I just don't have any room in my cupboard. Um, and how many people have tons of earrings though, that they don't have space for more, but I feel like it is a buy that people get tired of and they get rid of, or they just leave it and get new stuff. How many earrings has your wife bought in the relationship that you guys have had? Shit. I don't know. There's a whole rack of like 50 in there. Exactly. They have a pretty small footprint, which is good. They have a small footprint and, they, uh, you can sell earrings for $40 and people will buy them. Way and less clay than making a $40 cup. So much less clay. And, you know, somebody was, I like, I posted a picture of me making these little beads and it's going to be very simple, just like little tiny clay balls in different colors and like dangled, you know, like those modern, um, lamps that have like the strings and then the big light bulbs hanging down and they kind of like group together sort of so it'll be kind of like that um and well i sent you a picture so you kind of know what it looks like but um yeah i don't know i just it's the time it's time it's time to change how is the how's the difference in your hands because you have to be like very fine-tuned with some of that stuff right because it's, it's like smaller hand movements, but it's more intricate than yeah. It's clay totally different. You... Like obviously, it does stretch your hands out. But what my hands have an issue with is a twisting motion. I feel like as far as like when I'm holding tools and stuff. But I'm I'll still have hand problems. I'm sure it just won't be as bad. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to be doing a lot of like fine metal working, so that'll be good. But um. Yeah, I'm excited to see. What's really exciting is that um, I'm going to throw them in the rock tumbler after I get them out of the kiln, smooth them up. You know, I like the process of, like, mm-hmm. making them really smooth, and then I'll probably put on, like, uh, dots of, like, stroke and coat and stuff. Cool. And, yeah, like, I can see, really like, tactile. the bright-colored slips, and then you'll... Is yeah. that what you're going to do? Are you going to, like, mason stain... Mason State clays. Yeah, so I'll just make the little balls with the yeah. colored clay. And, I mean, like, I've already made probably, like, a hundred of these little tiny beads. 
mm-hmm. um, just today and yesterday, you know? So, yeah. And can I was going to ma- can you make slip out of the dark star? Like that would probably look really cool. Right. With the specs. I'm in sure it? you can. I'm not going to do slip though. I'm just going to make clay. out of okay. colors. But if it's um, colored, how are you going to color it? With the Mason stains, but I'll probably, but you're just, just like, going to wedge, wedge up. In. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I wasn't going to make any with just, like, the regular colored clay. I might coat them in, like, underglazes and see how they turn out, see, like, okay. how they look. Because um, I've made the clay with the slip. Like, I make the slips with the stain, but I use the clay trimmings in yeah. the cup, and then I just add stain, add 20% stain to whatever dry, and then yeah. add water, and then I've... You just dry it on a plaster, but yeah, if you just want to yeah, paint it. Yeah, I've done that before. I have done that before, and so, but I think that I'm going to be using such a small amount of clay that I don't think it'll be an issue, okay. you know, just because, like, the amount, like, I, like, this is the amount of clay that I just pinched off of my mm-hmm. thing, and I just made, like, 40 little beads Yeah. out of it. It doesn't need very much, so I think that I, just wedging it in won't be an issue. Okay. I've never done um, wedging with stains before. I mean, I've seen people do it where they, you know, yeah. wedge it, cut it, I, slice it, stack it, uh, cut it, slice it. Yeah. Like they keep I texted that. Sarah and I was like, how do you think putting clay in a KitchenAid mixer with a bread no, don't do it. neater would work? <laughs> and she was like, I don't know. But if you do it, I want to know how it works. It's like, do you care about this KitchenAid mixer? I know. I was like, I'm never going to do that to my KitchenAid because I use it like every day. But, um, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's been it's been a it's been fun to like think through the whole plan. I don't do that very often. You mm-hmm. know that. Well, yeah, I, that's why I was asking if this was a spur of the moment idea or if this was a Tuesday, thought through yeah. idea. No, this has been pretty thought through. Okay. And well, I mean, I mean you've it, done some earrings and jewelry before. It's just oh, been, it hasn't been, been like a, long a focus. Time coming. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. And I think that I'm finally ready to just like focus it on that. And then I'll still keep like the fancy cups. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll still keep the fancy cups and I'll still keep the. Uh, the shitty cups probably, yeah. you know, just cups. And then I can maybe, I'm, would it be really cool if I could sell these at like wholesale cost, you know? Yeah. Like, Do people wholesale earrings? I haven't really thought no, about no, that. No, no, I was thinking of just selling the beads, like wholesale beads, you uh, know? Like bisque? No, glazed, like fully finished. And then so, they use them for beads or for yeah, jewelry like for or pendants jewelry or, or whatever. whatever. Or pendants. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, so, yeah, I was thinking that might be funner than this, what I'm doing right now. And somebody messaged me. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is, but I felt like they had something profound to say. <laughs> um, what did I... Where is it? <laughs> there it is. Because um, she was like, what are you doing? And uh, I told her I was going to do jewelry. And she said, "I can't find it. Oh my gosh!" Do you think the um, Do you think the rock tumbler, if you underglazed them, would it sand them down, like sand down some of the underglaze? Yeah, I think it will. So I have to see how that how that kind of goes. 
Mm-hmm. That's why I guess you'd want to have colored clay instead of. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so this is what she said, and I was like, wow, that's me. She said, I think you haven't loved making pottery for a long time, and despite your excellence and craft, your heart wasn't in it. And maybe that somehow weirdly translate to how you sell. That's only a guess. I think your fancy cups are super cool, but I, yeah. And um, But anyway, like, I thought that was, I was like, oh yeah, that's true. Like I, I mean, I feel like you're pretty open about that, though. <laughs> At least I mean, for I listeners of this podcast, that, but like you, you don't really like recognize it as much when you're just like, I'm just in this. Be- <laughs> I mean, you do recognize it, but it takes somebody telling you to be like, oh yeah, you're just in this because you're a good worker <laughs> and you need to be, or like you know, it's a way that you can make money and yeah. it's something that you don't have to work as hard as other things right, right, right. to make the same amount of money. Right, and I say that all the time, but it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I listened yeah. to your I listened to your episode with Rebecca How did you from feel? the Maker's Playbook. It was good. It did feel a little abrupt at the end, but. <laughs> well, it was abrupt at the end because her mic like went crapped out. out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh yeah. for people that haven't heard it. It's episode three eleven on the Maker's Playbook. I'm sure we'll link to it down below, but. Yeah, Becca was on it. Yeah, you're chatting about a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I feel like you don't hear that perspective from people, and I mean, you hear it on here a lot, just because if they just cause that's listen who we to are. you, they know you. But yeah, yeah, this whole I feel like the meat of it was right there at, in the last fifteen right minutes. Right at the for end, sure. I wish that we would have gotten that. Like, I wish yeah. we could have gotten another hour for sure. Yeah. Um. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> But it's okay. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there aren't a lot of people like talking about it, and that's cool. That's really cool. And yeah, what else was there? I made zucchini bread the other day. It was delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've only had like a zucchini? couple of zucchini breads before. I feel like they're kind of basic. I don't know. They're kind of like a like isn't it, isn't it kind of like a banana bread but it's yes it is it's like a very similar to a banana bread but I don't like banana bread so I like banana strawberry bread though that's delicious banana strawberry I'm more of You've like you never a, had it because I made it up many years ago <laughs> more like a um what's that like pumpkin bread is that a thing Gross. yeah that's a thing that's disgusting I like that zucchini bread's just like carrot cake I don't I feel like you would like it. It's kind of like carrot cake. Yeah. It's not quite as sweet. I don't... Is it as sweet? I felt like it is. Maybe it was the one I made. I just pulled up a random recipe, but... Yeah, I don't know. I've only had it a couple times. It was very easy. So that was nice. Um, Yeah, when we go to this uh, monthly market, the Westside Market, there's a farm that comes there. And we normally get their summer squash pizza crusts. Yes. And he normally has these little muffins that are like zucchini chocolate chip muffins. Mm-hmm. So it's like zucchini bread, but it's got chocolate chips in it. So those are usually the ones that I have that's like zucchini bread that I've had before. I personally hate zucchini bread with chocolate in it, so I don't... I, I mean, think they're, that they're good. I'm just eating it. Like, flavor. he just gives it to me at the show, so I just eat it yeah. at the show. I And also, I think that the bread makes it a lot moister. So, like, if you make any muffin, it's not going to be as moist as a bread, I feel like, because it's not as large of a surface area. 
so it dries it out a little bit more. But yeah. Plus the chocolate is kind of gooey from the, I the fucking, heat. That is like for me, that's like a fucking sin against nature is to have chocolate and bread. Ugh. Blech. Gross. You don't like like chocolate chip muffins or anything? No. Oh. No. I like What kind of muffins do you like? Are you like a blueberry muffin? Cinnamon? I like poppy seed muffins are my favorite. Just regular poppy seed, not lemon poppy seed. Just regular poppy seed muffins <clears throat> are my absolute favorite. Okay. Like yeah. like Elaine Venice having yeah. her poppy seed muffin. Fuck yeah. I grew up on poppy seed muffins. Like, that's what we always would get. <laughs> when you get a drug test, you'll test positive for opium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's your favorite muffin? I like chocolate chip muffins. It's just a monster. I remember getting those old <laughs> mini muffins. I oh, mean, basically gross. not even muffins. It's basically candy. <laughs> like, <laughs> those aren't muffins. But <laughs> those packs, you get like five muffins in a bag. Yeah. Um, but whenever we've been doing the Berea show, I, we were, we've been getting the four pack of muffins. Yeah. And, uh, this time I did a mix and match though. I got two of the chocolate chip ones and I got two blueberry ones. So we kind of, nice. The blueberry ones had like the sprinkled dryer stuff on top, like a crumble kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I like, you know, like blueberry muffins are like, they're good. I will eat them. Uh, I think the banana chocolate chip muffins are absolutely disgusting. Um, like banana nut. <laughs> Gross. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I don't want like nuts in muffins. Uh. I love nuts. I like I, all around. I love I love like walnuts. I love pecans. I love all the nuts in the breads. But but like when it's banana and chocolate and nuts. No, <laughs> no, no. Thanks. But I, I don't, and I love bananas too. I don't know what my aversion is to banana and bread. I can't um, eat bananas. I think I've told you this, but yeah, you're you're like intolerant. I like salivate. I think it closes up my throat or something. Yeah, you that. might be allergic to bananas. Yeah, since I was in college, it started happening. Such a shame. I love bananas just regularly. Rachel eats enough for both of us, so yeah, she likes she she likes them like green. I am the opposite. I like, like them super sweet. Like no spots. Oh, I'll take like no a brown banana. spots at all. Way too sweet for her. Yeah, I like them. I like all bananas. I like Have them lightly had a brown. No, of course you haven't. Anyway, um, had a what? A banapple. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Is that in the shape a of a banana, is... or is it an apple that tastes like a banana? It is a banana that has is a hybrid with an apple. So it's a small banana, but it tastes like an apple. Is it like bulged out like like an apple? No, 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 no. It just looks like a small banana. And okay. it's just a hybrid fruit. And they're really good. They're pretty good. Um, I think you could probably only find them in California. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say plantain, and then I was like, um, no. <laughs> uh, I like plantains, though. Those are good. Um, I wonder if you could eat plantain. Can you eat plantains but not bananas? I think we've had plantains at semi recently. We had them at a Cuban restaurant in Louisville. I think I yeah. tried it. I, I mean, I wasn't that big of a fan. I don't know. Like yeah. cooked plantain. Yeah. Deep fried plantains. Fuck yes. They were just <laughs> cooked like a side dish. Yeah, I do like plantains a lot. But I'm also like not a back to the 
muffin situation. I'm also not like a bread person, which has taken me a long time to figure out. Like I love bread. <laughs> okay. This is my issue. I love bread. Like if you put a loaf of bread in front of me, I will eat the whole thing, but I don't buy bread. And I think that I don't buy bread on is because of that. <laughs> like, because you know, it's going to be bad. Yeah. Because I know I'll eat it or, um, I'm also not a snacker. So like it has to be in one of the meals mm-hmm. and like, if it's not, then I'm not going to eat it. So come to the Deach and Carlos Durbin household. They have about four loaves of bread at any time at the house. Yeah. <laughs> I buy like one loaf of bread a year. <laughs> I'm like, I, like I feel sandwiches. like we're more likely to not finish a loaf of bread than to yeah. worry about. I got to go get out, get more bread. Like I would love to have just peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day, but like, I, I don't know. I just <laughs> <laughs> like I have jelly <laughs> and peanut butter, but I'm like never gonna buy bread. <laughs> What kind of bread, though? What kind of bread are you eating that PB&J on? If I was going to eat a PB&J, it'd have to be the shittiest white bread possible. Like like generic Kroger brand white bread? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or or maybe like a potato bread. Oh, fucking potato bread is so good. Is that coming in a loaf? Or I'm thinking like potato buns. No, potato bread comes in a loaf. Arrow, is it, what's that, is that brand, is it Arrow Wheat? I don't know. I don't even grocery shop. Rachel does that. I know. Because your life is so equal. Anyway. (laughs) I'm giving you the smile. (laughs) No comment. Your smile is so mean right now. Mean to you? Yeah. You're like. Depends on what you mean by equal. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, <laughs> we can. <laughs> you're pretty equal. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, she's a great. She's so nice to you. <laughs> yes. I'm going grocery shopping. Twenty six minutes in. <laughs> Twenty six minutes in. Well, we don't really have that much to talk about anyway. <laughs> All right. Do you want to read that? Do you have that review pulled up from the messages? I can read it. Okay. We got a review through messages because this person cannot leave it in whatever playing app that they listen in, and it was very sweet. So, yeah, it was very good platform to read it. Yeah. Okay, this is from Suze. What's her Instagram name? Suze. No, click on her name and then see what her profile says. Um, S U E Z E N S. Susans. Oh, wow, she knits. Very beautiful things. Oh, and she makes bread. (laughs) Knitting Uh, and bread. Knitting and bread. Here we go. Okay. Good activities to be uh, listening to podcasts. Yes. Uh, Yeah, clay and knitting go well together, and bread goes into that category as well, I I guess. Okay, so it says... um, I fucking love your podcast. I am a hobby potter and I learn stuff from you, but mostly I listen because I love your banter. You are about the same age as my children, so I can relate to your cultural references. And I really just love that you are uncensored and swear like real people, or at least like me. Ryan is so inquisitive and he'll press a point for clarify, like clarification. He's got such a logical brain and Becca is just all out there. 
I have been listening to new episodes when they come out, but I have also been listening from the beginning, Becca style. I am on number 50 now, so I feel like I know you. I took listening to your early interview on... Oh, it took listening to your early interview on the Potter's Cast to learn how you two met. I couldn't figure it out before then, but uh, had assumed you met when you were kids. Boy, was I wrong. You do kind of seem like siblings, though. Keep up the great work. We are siblings, basically. <laughs> Could you imagine meeting a, a younger Ryan and a younger Becca? I don't. Oh, my God. I was such a bitch when I was little. Like... <laughs> I don't talk to like anybody that I grew up with really, except for like I don't either. one close, like we're all family friends and stuff too, but I, you know, we, we communicate <clears throat> semi-regularly, but I feel like I don't communicate with a lot of people on a regular basis, but you know, we're still friends and see each other. We kind of got that, like you get that back when you see each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we were both very different when we were younger. Yeah. I don't even know. I feel like we need to, like, talk to Deech on a thing and be like, what was I like growing up? It would be funny to have be both interesting of our to parents get, have. Get, on. yeah, like, a parent, a parent perspective. And, like, are there things you've learned about me or, like... How? I mean, there's no way that my mom doesn't know about the podcast now. She follows me on the Instagrams. <clears throat> yeah. She's told me not to cuss. She's. I mean, it says it on your profile. I know. We've already been there. Like, she told, she, like, called me the other day and was like, could you please stop cussing? And I was like, sorry, I can't. Um, As your profile says, just being a fucking human in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, Mom. Um, not that she's going to listen to this, but uh, it would be interesting to get our parents on the same podcast. I don't think my mom would do it. I think we could get we could get we, my mom on, on an episode. We for sure could get Deech on. Yeah. I could ask her. I could ask my mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a disadvantage for her, though, because... I feel like I know, I Dee know would know Deech. what's coming, though. I know Deidre and really well. And yeah, like I, I've my, never you met your like, mom. I don't really yeah, know much about your mom. You guys are like mom. my second family, and then my mom hasn't met anybody. <laughs> so yeah. that would be awkward. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, do we want to go to a listener question? Oh, yeah. Uh, Ryan picked the listener questions, and I don't know what they are, so this is exciting. All right. This one's from Clayhaven Studio. It says, you have mentioned not making certain items because you just do not like making them. I get that. I don't make hand-warming mugs either for the exact reason. But are there pieces that you refuse to make because of liability reasons? Example, oven-safe pieces like baking dishes, pie plates. This seems to be a controversial topic on Facebook groups. So do you make and sell oven-safe pieces? What clays do you use, or what are your opinions on that? Clay Haven Studio. Have you made oven safe stuff before? Everything's oven safe. That's a pretty broad statement. What do you mean by that? <laughs> no, I mean, like, I tell people that, like, I've made pie plates before. Yeah. Tons of my customers have cooked in my pots. 
Um, Does it depend on the clay you're using? I mean, obviously, you know your clay. So can you tell people why your piece is oven safe? Or This was back in the day. I don't make stuff now, but... I do tell people they can put it in the oven. I mean, like, just you just have to put your food on the plate correctly, essentially, or in the vessel correctly. You know, yeah. you have to fill the whole vessel. You can't just put a piece of frozen chicken on a plate and put it in the oven and expect it not to crack. Physics doesn't work that way. So, um, if it's microwave safe, why isn't it oven safe? I just don't. I don't know the science behind this. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> do you, but do you have, like, the only pieces I would, I wouldn't say that any of mine are oven safe. I would say I have not tested it in an oven. But if you do decide to put it in an oven, you know, I would generally tell people that I would be more comfortable putting my speckled clay in the oven over my white clay. Because it has grog in it. I don't know. It seems a little more structurally durable. I put everything. I mean, I put all of my dishes in the oven. My white clay. But that's just a gut feeling. I don't yeah. know the science behind that. I don't. I, I just don't recommend it. I don't, I don't put a stamp of approval and say this is oven safe. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. No, and I, don't I don't have really an issue make, with it. I don't really make those forms either. I don't really want to make casserole dishes or pie plates right. i feel like it just opens me up to issues of breakage and i don't want to have to remake pieces because you still might get contacted from people that have had user error and then they mm-hmm. want you to replace it versus somebody that, like dropped something versus something that like made a fucking mess in their oven yeah like that one guy who put a potato a single potato on my plate in the microwave for seven minutes <laughs> 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 and then it broke and i was like you put a single potato on the plate in the microwave for seven minutes and he's like yeah i'm like this isn't tupperware <laughs> like, like, like all of the heat goes straight to that one point and it's like hi <laughs> like <laughs> Is there a way that you could what what would you do to make that useful though? How how would you do that on a plate? What? How would you do a This is my dumb brain. I don't know how to cook a potato in a microwave. How do you do that in a microwave without just okay, putting it right on a plate? First of all, when you cook a potato in the microwave, you don't put it on a fucking plate. You just put it in the microwave on the plate that's given, the glass little glass okay. spinning or plate. Or like on a paper towel or something. Or on a, yeah, or like wrapped up in a wet paper towel or on a paper plate. Uh-huh. Or, I don't know. Do you stab it with a fork and stuff, or that's after? Yes. Yeah, yes, you, you do. do stab it with a fork. Okay. Um. See, I grew up having microwave potatoes as big potatoes, so I don't know. We yeah, always that's called what my microwave used to potatoes do. big potatoes. Now, I don't know what everybody else does in reference to My grandma to used to have, they used to have an older microwave that had a, it had a rack in it. For potatoes. I'm guessing that's for a potato. So you just sit the potato on the rack. Hell so that's yeah. what I'm used to seeing with like a baked potato because they would make baked potatoes and that's yeah. how they would do it. Yeah, exactly. Or like the, I mean, they probably don't have any microwaves anymore that don't have a spinning plate, but they used to, you know. What do you mean? Ours has a spinning plate. 
I know, but there's some old microwaves that don't have a spinning plate, so there's like... Oh. Yeah. Yeah, where it's just a flat surface. Anyway, as far as the oven is concerned, I've never... I've always assumed that pottery is oven safe. Why? Because it's vitrified? um, Does fully vitrified make a difference? No, because it goes into an oven to get cured. (laughs) I don't know, because it's like... It's pottery. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like this is a Josh question. I know. Or a Link (laughs) question. Um, Somebody that knows the chemistry behind clays and what makes them durable. And it's not like I sell plates or anything like that anymore. So I never say they're oven safe anymore. But like, have I baked mac and cheese in one of my bowls? Yes. Have I made nachos on my plates in the oven? Yes. Have I... Like, cooked vegetables on a plate in the oven? Yes. Like, did I put these beads in the oven? In uh, one of Hammerly Ceramics bowls? Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just put yeah. shit in the oven all the time. I think the whole rule of thumb is just make sure you warm it up with the oven. That's the only kind of rule of thumb that I've... Or make sure your food's totally, like, around it, you know? Like, yeah. covering all the surfaces covering the surfaces, so it's all yeah. warming up together. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure there are clays out there that prove to be oven safe. Or yeah. maybe I'm thinking of fire clays, which are different. Yeah. Like because the they can actually clays. handle the thermal shock, like, and the heat yeah. immediately. Yeah. I can't remember the name. I'm, I'm guessing it's just called, I think it's just called fire clay or something like that. Oven brick clay or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the red ones. The red one. Yeah. It's like legit. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. We're not we're I not, wonder if there's something I wonder if there is something different about the whole like if it's a groggier, grittier clay versus a no grog. Maybe it's just because I'm used to Yeah, I don't if know. If I have clays break and crack, it's more likely to be the ones with no grog in it. Yeah. Like I've had plates crack that are just like don't have grog in it, but it's also because it's like thinner or you know, yeah. it might have been, you know, not as vitrified or something like. Yeah. So. I don't know. So, all right. I think that's about oh. all we can get on this question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly, right. we. Oh, oh, but what was the actual question? It was like, do you tell people, like, do you not make things because of liability? Um. That was, yeah, that was the first question. Are there pieces that you refuse to make because of liability reasons? The answer is no <laughs> for me. <laughs> I just I mean, I'm not going to make like a teapot like you put on the stove or something to boil water. Or, like, would you ever do that? I think that it depends. Like you can make a little stand for it. And so it, it's raised up a little bit above the flame coils, the flame or coils, flame or coils. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't I don't think there's really anything else liability. Like what are some risky pieces that you would make that would cause issues? I don't know. I mean, what about like stuff with gold on it or anything like that? Like I'm sure there's a little bit of like Oh, I won't make those pieces for two reasons. Gold's really like, fucking expensive and you can't put it in the microwave. Like, is there any risk 
uh, probably not, but is there risk in like having gold leaf like or gold luster right on the rim of something that you're drinking out of or having hot liquid directly in contact with the gold? I don't know that answer, so I'm not going to say anything to it. Okay. That, I would that's say the only no, other but... questions that would come to my mind of like yeah, like risky things. I mean, the only other stuff is just like not having glazes that are so high in something that it's like potential for leaching or something like yeah like so much of a colorant Cobalt. that it's like risky yeah but i would maybe use it on the outside of a piece but not inside where liquid's directly in contact with yeah the surface but yeah i, don't, I can't think of other other things I feel like I make pretty basic stuff that's not, it's pretty safe to, you know, use every day. Yeah. Okay. It's a no from me, dog. (laughs) All right. And then the second one was 40 minutes in. Hi, I have a question for the podcast. Do you have any tips on throwing tall, narrow forms? A local distillery is interested in me making some bottles for them, but they have to fit in their current packaging. This means they have to be narrower than my hands and about 12 inches tall. Do you have any tips for throwing pieces when your hand can't fit inside? Thanks for your help, Hannah. That is from Reaction Ceramics. 12 inches a foot fucking tall? It sounds like a... Have you seen those, like the brewery things, like a growler? I think that's what they're called. No, that's not what they're called. I thought that's what they're called, a growler. The really uh, big container, like a big mace, uh, moonshine jar? Yeah, but then she... Are, they, are growlers 12 inches tall? Yeah, they're 12 inches tall, but they're a bottle, so you'd be able to get your hand in most of the way. She's talking about like a tall glass. Maybe. Say the know, part what it, about what they look like again. Throwing tall, narrow forms. A local distiller is interested in making some bottles for them, but they have to fit in their current packaging current packaging so it sounds like they're selling current packaging oh what if they're making what if she's making like a wine bottle kind of like something that they can actually put beer into and cap or something maybe i don't know yeah do you think that's what she means yeah maybe okay well let's just assume it's a tall narrow form okay um you can use a throwing stick to get on the inside that's an option um but also uh oh well when you can't like when you're trying to like throw something like i would throw walls almost to that height and um where your hands can fit in and then collar it all the way up to a a point where you can't fit your hands in you know to like the right size if you're just coloring the lid then that's one thing but um but also make sure your starting centered ball is tall not wide um so that you have more clay to like bring up uh make sure you aren't top heavy when you're pulling up make sure that you have um Make sure that you're getting as much clay up on your first pull as you can, or not first pull, your second pull as you can, 
And the way you can do that is by when you're, um, if you have your middle finger on the inside and your middle finger on the outside, you're going to want to maybe move your inside middle finger up maybe half an inch. So it gets a little bit more clay oomphed out. And so be more aggressive towards the bottom and then be a little bit less aggressive towards the top, but then throw the top half again, just so that you have, you're not as super top heavy. Um, I don't know if all that made sense. It's, I'm kind of like walking. Through yeah. Classes. I think she's probably, I'm guessing she's probably talking about like a, like a really big beer bottle. Like a, imagine like a one liter beer bottle. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. A 12, 12 inch tall. Yeah probably like a tall beer bottle yeah i would make it like my uh like my oil bottles mm-hmm. i go cylinder you know keep it vertical don't have it where it's uh wider at the top because you're gonna be working against it to collar it in and uh make sure you leave enough clay at the top thickness wise so that you're not gonna have it folding over itself yep what would you it looks like she's kind of like, I don't know how long she's been making. Um, I just looked her up. What's the name? Reaction Ceramics. She's in the UK. United Kingdom. Hannah? Mm-hmm. She's throwing some, some similar pieces, boards of similar pieces. Yeah, I would say my biggest suggestion, specifically for this, is going to be your your poles. Your pearl, poles are going to be need to be a hell of a lot more aggressive than what you're doing right now. Yeah, what would you say, for you personally, how much clay do you think you would need for? Let's just picture it's a. It's a one liter bottle. Twelve inches and a, tall. And a two liter is a pot bottle? Yeah. Just think of it like a like a pop yeah, like a like soda the bottle, skinny but pot skinnier. bottles, right? The skinny pot bottles? Yeah. Um I feel like I would use like two and a half pounds. That's what I was thinking. Like two and a half pounds to three pounds almost. Yeah. Two and a half pounds. I don't know how much. Twelve it needs inches to hold. is really tall like i i know that (laughs) maybe that's wet though maybe it needs to shrink down but maybe if it's not you're gonna have to throw it even taller than that you're gonna have to throw it 13 inches tall and that's really fucking tall like i almost feel like you'd it'd be easier what if you made them in two pieces you made a tall cylinder and then you just made the top and you joined it and you joined it i wonder if that would be that would kind of look cool too um so you made it in two pieces with the kind of like you made a funnel for the mm-hmm. top and then you joined it with a tall cylinder. Yeah. Like, like there's no question. Like we could do it, right? We could actually do it. But like, also I think that the <laughs> like 12 inches is really tall <laughs> for how skinny that is. Like, you know, that's what four inches wide and 12 inches tall. Like that ratio is three to Mm-hmm. Three to one, as far as yeah. the width and to the, the height. Yeah, and just I think the stability is just going to be really hard. Uh, I think it would be hard for me to throw. Yeah. 
to get it that tall. I mean, you could barely get your hand in. I could barely get my hand in maybe by the time it gets to where it needs to be. And I don't want to be, I don't want it, I would like to be able to get my hand all the way down into it. That might help not throw in the very top, but, mm-hmm. you know, keeping it a consistent thickness and whatnot, uh, or fairly thick, consistent because it's like, I don't know. That'd be kind of, be tough. Now I want to throw one. <laughs> now I just want to see Just try, it. like, like what would it take to throw a 12-inch cylinder? Or, like, an actual bottle? The bottle. Like, the whole bottle. It'd be interesting to, like, see how much clay it would work with. Hmm. And, uh... Yeah. I, I feel like if I made a set of them, I would probably do them in two pieces like that. I feel like that would be the safest route. I would. That would certainly be the easiest route. I feel like, especially for somebody who's not like extra, extra experienced, you know? Yeah. I I feel like that would be way easier to worth for sure. Cause let's say you mess something up partway through. I mean, you need that clay to get to the height you need to get to. So, yeah. And then the, the top needs to measure a certain diameter and it has to look good, but you have to get so much perfect up until you start collaring in the top and then you can start collaring in and fuck it up. Mm-hmm. That sounds huge. I make these cups for Graves Co. that are three and a half inches wide and seven inches tall. What is that? Like seven. a, it sounds like a little pitcher. Is that like a pitcher that you make cocktails with or something? No, no, no. It's a cup. It's a thumbler. And they're three and a half wet and seven tall, I think wet. Or seven and a half tall wet. And it took me a long fucking time just to get used to that that form. Just at seven inches tall. And I think it was... I think it's a pound and two, three quarters maybe. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good challenge. Like, <laughs> I threw them for the longest time and they bellied out way too much. I feel bad about those, but they, like, bellied out way too much. And then I finally got it down where it was straight. It was mostly, like, the communication. I'm not really good at communicating or receiving communication sometimes. But, um, but yeah. Two parts. Do it in two parts. Yeah. If I'm making a batch of them, that's what that's what I would do for sure. Okay. Good. I'm glad I didn't ask you these beforehand. <laughs> I know. Get a little uh, off the cuff, Becca here. All right. So those are our questions today. Do you want to introduce what we're talking about? Since I read both the questions and I got For- it on the list, or do you? Not I forgot see it? what we're talking about. <laughs> Do you want to send it to me really quick? Or is it on the top of our notes? It's on the top of the listener questions. Okay. I'm getting there. I mean, it's Uh, very general, but... Which one is it? It's at the very top. Right underneath the checkboxes. Oh. um, Our question is... It was not at the very top. It's a topic. The third one. Whatever. Um, and it didn't even have a clicky box next to it. Okay. Um, what our, our topic is trading assistance for part-time work for the studios, the pros and cons of that, and like how we go about that or what to do. And like, you know, if you don't have enough money to work 
or to pay somebody like how what's an even trade what do you yeah yeah what kind of considerations do you need to think about because i feel like you could definitely open up a can of worms if you don't know how you want to do the agreement yeah um do you want to use like my studio as an example or something or yeah so it's like what resources you have available Okay, so I guess I would, and then what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about from a, somebody coming into the studio perspective or from a business owner perspective of what you think should be worth offering? Yeah, I think a business owner perspective. Okay. So, yeah, generally I would say you're offering your equipment, your kilns. what, What equipment? Yeah, okay, your kilns, slab rollers if you have them. Yeah, your um, wheels, your wheels. clay, maybe. Maybe you have them pay for clay if they you need to, but we can talk about that. Clay, um, glazes. Glazes. Maybe. And tools. Mm, they can bring their own tools. Yeah, okay. They can buy I their mean, own tools. Depending on if you have stuff around the studio or if they have yeah. their own or whatever. Um, I'm a really big fan of people owning their own tools. And then just like, you know, general other studio access, like maybe time in the studio Mm -hmm. and like sink and whatnot yep um yeah i just say all the basics that you would need that you don't have to have for your own personal studio yeah outside of uh so it's basically trading all of your equipment in exchange for help in your own process Mm -hmm. so i guess it's like you know, how would you, what's the best way to structure it um, so that there's a sense of equality with work for access? Well, I, I think the way I used to do it was, you know, it cost a certain amount of dollars a month for a studio fee, essentially, with no help from me. So for me, it was cheap it was like 100 bucks a month for a member or maybe it was 150 i can't remember okay so we're talking studio membership right okay but like stay with me okay Okay. so you have to like i would say calculate what you think it would be worth for somebody to come in and use your studio okay calculate the cost of what you think it would be worth and then calculate the hourly rate of what you would probably pay somebody so like um Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay somebody, let's say, 15 bucks an hour, okay? Because okay. we're real nice. And um, <laughs> and uh, I think 15 is good anyway because you're trading. But uh, So then you would be like, okay, it costs $150 a month for studio time versus uh, $15 an hour. So you have 10 hours of studio time, essentially. Or 10 hours of work time. So, um... 10 hours of studio time. Or okay. not even not even 10 hours of studio time. I would just say 10 hours of work time. You're saying okay. that's that's what would break you even, basically. Yeah, that would that's what I would feel like is acceptable to me. I'm like, okay, cool. Work for me for 10 hours a month. And you can use the studio as much as you want. Uh, and does that include clay? Or is that a separate no, line that item? No, that include that would, clay. Okay. Yeah. It's just access to the 
access to the equipment and glaze yeah. and everything like that. With uh, around the parameters of having uh, boundaries, you know, like uh, time boundaries. Time, of, time here's boundaries. the yeah. here, we need to agree on the days that you can come. Maybe limit it at two days a week or something like that. Or, yeah, exactly. And like, I probably wouldn't be upset if they like used it to their fullest. You know, um, would it differ if it was your home? I don't know. I feel like it would. <laughs> Because yeah. it's like, do you want them working at your home? It depends on what kind of situation you have. Do you have a detached garage where they just need access to the garage? Right, where they just like go to the garage, or, or like yours, are they literally you to, like, in your house? Down through the basement. Yeah, I mean, like, I think ten for ten would be good too. Like, if you're like, hey, you can work ten hours here. Yeah. Or and then that encourages them too to be like, oh, well, maybe I should get my own wheel in my apartment or in my house. And then just like, or work more for more hours. Yeah. Okay. How much does Erica work? She works uh, four hours two days a week, so eight hours a week. Okay. Thirty-two hours a month. I mean, ten hours a month is not really that much. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, it depends on what kind of level you're at with your making process and your production. But I yeah. feel like, I feel like that's a starting level. Yeah, starting level. That's a starting level of like getting help in your studio. Yeah. Personally, I mean, maybe it's just because I've had I've had people working for me for the last like three years now, and ten hours is nothing to fill. But um, you also produce a hell of a lot more stuff than most people. Okay, that's true. Like, but I mean, just think of like, could you think of even if they came for two hours, like an hour at a time? Or two, let's just say two hours. Maybe they work in the studio for two hours and then they work for an hour for you. Like, I feel like anybody that's in the studio making for their, like, making money as a business can find an hour of work for somebody else to do. Yeah. I'm pretty lenient on studio time, honestly, but that's because it was in my studio, not in my house. So I think that you bring up a very good point in that. Yeah, I think uh, I think scheduling would be a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, depending on your studio size, um, shelving and like access to your equipment could be a thing. Like, you might not be able to physically work in the same space at the same exact time. Yeah, because of access to tools and equipment and stuff. So. You know, I don't know, are they, do you try to say like, okay, you're going to be in the studio uh, Wednesday night from four to six so that you're not in the studio from four to six. And maybe that's when you go exercise or go eat dinner right. or you do some emails or some computer work so that you're not in the physical space at the same time. Which could be a really good boundary, honestly. Like, if you're like, hey, you can do this, and it, like, makes you get out of the studio, that might actually be very good for some people mm -hmm. like you. I, Yeah, I feel like if I was in the studio at the same time while they were working, I would be more conscious of, like, oh, they're, like, making it dirty, and yeah, I'm going to be, like, doing? distracted. Like, make sure you're or, doing this correctly, yeah. Or, like, yeah, wanting to, like, help them with something, or mm -hmm. they're they're more willing to, like, ask me questions. Yeah. When it's like, I'm giving you access to the studio, not... Me. Instruction. You know, not like my time. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah, those, yeah, I just feel like it could, depending on the situation, like, I, and I don't think you necessarily need like a, I mean, maybe like a loose contract would be nice to have some yeah. kind of agreement. And I don't know. Do you think like a, t- a time period would be good? Like three months at a time or something? Because if you're doing like a studio class, you do it for a period of time rather than just leaving it open-ended and like reassessing after a period of time. I think three months is good to have like a reassessment and like an evaluation almost. Yeah. Just like get together and be like have lunch and be like, okay, how's it working out for you? What do you feel like? You know? Yeah. Because I feel like in that situation, you have to kind of make it make it equal for both parties so that it's like I'm yeah. getting what I expect out of you as well as you're getting what you expect out of me and not like over like like if they really love it, right? They could be in the studio longer and mm-hmm. be producing more stuff, which could take kiln space away from you or so in that point i wonder if like then you you figure out in your contract if you are going to produce it be producing a full kiln load then maybe a certain a little something extra i mean i feel like that's where you price the clay i think they buy the clay and you price the clay appropriately so that if they're producing more then they will be doesn't matter um paying for it with the clay price yeah that's a good idea like you don't price like Baker Hunt doesn't price their clay at retail or like right no. Let's say you they buy it in bulk so it's at a discount you know let's say I buy clay and it's discounted all the way down to like eighteen bucks a box but it would retail for twenty four bucks a box right. You wouldn't necessarily charge a studio assistant twenty four maybe you charge them twenty eight. Yeah. So you're making a few bucks on the glazes and the firing or something, and then the time to reclaim if you, if they produce reclaim and they put it in your reclaim you still have to spend extra time reclaiming clay potentially yeah. and um yeah so those are some of the i guess that price would help you make some more money back mm-hmm. like you would make a little bit of money on the clay to help make up for some of the the extra work of and then like do you load their pieces in the kiln do you right Stuff like that, like, or is it okay? We're doing a kiln load this day. I think Can that you all get depends my pieces on how in? new the kiln is. <laughs> it's like I wouldn't want somebody to load the kiln if they were like newish, and my kiln cost me four thousand dollars. Like, mm, no thanks. Sorry, bro. Like, no, no, no. I'm thinking like a bis kiln or something. Like, okay. Yeah, like I choose the firing schedule because it's my kiln. Um. And we kind of choose based on, I mean, I would only load it based on when I would be normally doing a kiln load anyways. Right. Maybe they load it, you start it. That's what I would do. So it's like this shelf or I, I've already, lo- go ahead and load your stuff in the bottom part of the kiln. Yeah. Take You can take whatever shelves you need or two shelves or whatever. Yeah. And then I'll finish loading my stuff on top of it. Or even if they have a full kiln, I would still have them load it and then I would start it because then I would know that you're not, they're not like starting it incorrectly or firing it to a different cone or anything like that, you know? Yeah. And then what What about like a piece of crack and stuff? It's like, oh, well, you loaded it incorrectly or you, you know, it's it's their problem. That never I guess, has but... anything, like barely anything to do with the firing schedule. 
like cracking it. It's always almost always it already had a crack in it or like it was too thick on the bottom. Okay. I mean, like you have to know how to fire your kiln, but not but this. I, I think some bisque, cracks of my pieces have come because I load them a certain way. Like if I stack like six spoon rests high or eight spoon rests high and they're still they're not quite bone dry. Like I've got some vertical oh, cracks. Yeah, in like the, in the bisque. I guess I was thinking. That's blaze. what I'm saying in the I'm bisque sorry. kiln. Okay. Yeah. Bisque, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You risk the crack. But I mean it's up to them to load it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would be like, I want to load it optimally so that I can get as many pieces as possible. But, I mean, you have to decide that, right? Like, if somebody wants me to load a kiln for them, they have no interest in that, then I'll load it. I don't fucking care. Like, it takes me ten minutes to load a kiln. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. I might bitch the whole time. <laughs> it's like, I'll load it if you bring me a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what else? What about the, uh, maybe... What would be a good entry? Let's say you get 10 hours a week. What what would be a good... I mean, I feel like it's totally dependent on the person, what they yeah. would be willing to help with. But, um, okay, maybe a better question is, how should you structure when you have the work hours versus the studio hours? Do you have them on separate days? Do you have them... Like, off, okay, off, off on weeks? Yeah, like you work week this on, week, week and then... Or, like, you work on Monday, and then you do your studio time on Wednesday. Wednesday. So it's like yeah. you kind of get your work, you get your work up front and then cause like what, you know, let's just say something happens Monday. They can't come in Monday. So they didn't work that week. And then they, they still come to the studio. Like, are you concerned? Would you be concerned about that? Or is it more just like, as long as you log your hours for the month, I feel like you just have to be yeah. more, uh, you just have to be more conscious of like logging time. Yeah. I also think that, like, the way you would approach this as, a, as opposed to the way I would approach it are very different. Like, you're... you're I'm very those, by the book. Like, yeah, I would want to trade those, evenly. Right. You're one of those people that wants to trade evenly, and I'm one of those people that's like, did you help me? Sure. Great. <laughs> like, <laughs> here's a wheel. <laughs> you know? Like... Yeah. I would want some sense of numbers behind, did you help me? <laughs> like, right. I think that... That's... Versus, like, does it feel like you helped me? But I don't even yeah, remember like... what you did three weeks ago. Like, Yeah, I think that, like, I guess for me... Okay, let's say we did it... Let's say we did it where it was, like, work on Monday, play on Wednesday, right? If they didn't work on Monday, I would not care about them coming in on Wednesday. Like, if as long they as it's not a habit of just, like, canceling... Right. If they did that consistently, then obviously that would be an issue. But if they didn't, I'd be like, who who fucking cares? No, I, I wouldn't get that granular with it. But it's like, it's just like keeping track. As long as you're both yeah. on, on board of like keeping track that we're, we don't have to reassess is it equal for both of us all the time. It's just like, yeah, hey, you didn't make up last week. So can you work a little bit longer next week? Yeah. You know. Um, I wouldn't do that. I would not be like... So you wouldn't even have a make it up if they just didn't show up that day? No, I wouldn't. I would not care. But you're not getting your money's worth if... Like, let's say yeah, they're they're supposed I to work 10 hours and they... show. But you don't care. <laughs> because, like, I would much rather... I guess to me, I think the difference between us is that 
I value somebody learning more than I value somebody working for me more. So that's the difference between you and me, right? You value somebody working for you more than them using your studio and like. I mean, I get it. They're getting, but they're getting value in for themselves more by getting access to the studio. I'm yeah. providing them value more if they're not equally working for it. I feel like, what? which is kind of what you're like. You're saying, I don't know the way you were. You were saying you're happier about giving them more value than they're providing you. Is what it sounded like to me. Yes, I'm. I'm fine. With you're that. fine with the unequal. I'm fine. I am totally fine with the unequal because I am the one that's privileged in this particular situation in the sense of like, I have something to give, you know, I guess I I would be fine with letting them work more. I just want them. I just want them to have, have the, the drive to want to work Mm -hmm. for what they're getting. That makes sense. I want them to have the motivation to like, Hey, I want to work for this. Right. But if they don't have the motivation to work for it, they won't have the motivation to come. Maybe. Maybe they just like throwing in the studio and they don't want to, they don't want to do things that they're not, they don't care about. Yeah. Like maybe they don't care about prepping clay for me. Maybe they just want time on the wheel. (laughs) But it's like an hour. You can't prep clay for an hour to get a whole day of studio time. I mean, it's not an hour for an hour. It's like an hour for like four hours, right? I mean, it depends. Or, it depends on how you work it out. But I, what I, I guess what I'm saying is like... I feel like 10 studio hours for a month is nothing. You can't true. You can't trade 10 work hours for 10 studio hours. That's like nothing. That's true. That is nothing. Um, no, I used to do 10, 10 work hours for like as much as you want to come in for the studio. Yeah. But... Um, well, and see that... In that I would do like sentence, I would do like half a day for a full day or something like like two hours two for one. four hours or something two like one. that. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll ever agree on this, but I don't think we're supposed to agree on. I, it. I think, think it's just some agree. things to think about. <laughs> yeah. Of how you should start, like some things to consider because yeah, you could get into a situation where they're coming in the studio way more and then they're maybe they don't do what you're asking or they work really yeah. slow to fill that hour. And that is when you have those conversations that are like, hey, you suck at this. Um, please Is leave. it because you're not enjoying <laughs> what you're doing? Are there yeah. other tasks that you'd rather be doing? Yeah, that's when you have those hard conversations. But sometimes you have a dream team. You know, like I had um, Seb. Ugh, I fucking love Seb. Seb worked for me, and they were so good about like really if it's a great situation you're teaching them enough so that they want to come in and work almost more than they're going to come in and play right but seb would come in and work for me and do glazes and all the things they loved chemistry and stuff like that so they did all the glazes and um they would just come in whenever they wanted and it worked out so well because we understood each other you know um But also, Mm -hmm. like I said, it was in a studio setting, not a home setting. However, the studio was my home, so it kind of was the same. (laughs) 
<laughs> I wouldn't say it's the same. I mean, I was always there. You didn't have other people living there that are, true. you know. That is true. Like, Except for you know, Rachel's around and then it's like, hey, Rachel, by the way, somebody's <laughs> coming. They're going to come in tonight for four hours. Like, I wonder. Just so you know. Now, here's a question. I wonder if somebody you're like comfortable with, like, you know, um, like your current. You could say Erica. That's yeah. <laughs> would like Erica. <laughs> um, I wonder if it was somebody you're comfortable with, if that would that would change for you like if it would matter or if you were just like hey you can come in the box yeah i think it's just because i would i feel like it's an it's an early thought when you first think about the option Mm -hmm. like i wouldn't say that somebody working for you they're gonna bring up like i need studio access can we trade studio access for work i feel like it's on the business owner to be like hey i can't pay you but would you be willing to get studio access interesting yeah and you kind of like start off that way i feel like it would be it would be weird to start paying somebody and then saying, "Hey, would you like to not get paid anymore and just use my studio?" Okay, okay, but like, let's say, let's say Erica did approach you and be like, "Hey, can I use your studio?" But I wouldn't know her at that point. I would feel like I would more be more comfortable had no, they no, 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 no. That's what already I'm built a like, rapport. If you did know her, if you knew her, like, yeah. let's say it was one of your good friends or whatever, and like. Erica's mm-hmm. your employee, so I'm not gonna say that. I'm sure you have a f- very friendly, like, yeah, it's somebody that I just know and trust. I already know them as a human. Yeah, like if they came up to you and was like, "Hey, yo, can I use your studio? I'll only use the basement door." Mm-hmm. Um, like, are you cool with that? And and you said, and they said, and I will text you 15 minutes before I get there. No, 15 minutes is way too short notice. Okay, so not 15 minutes. Um, they would need to let me know, like, at least a day before. A day. Wow, that's a lot. That's uh, a lot. What? I have my own schedule going on. You want me to, like, I'm going to, we're going to no, go no, no, out of town no, no, no. and they within let me know 15 the, like, minutes before the they show up? Within the parameters of the times that you've, like. Oh, we've already agreed on something? Yeah, you've Not already just agreed like, on... hey, I'm going to stop yeah. in the studio tonight at 8 o'clock. No, 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 yeah. Like, you've agreed on, like, time frames. But oh, okay. they were like, hey, I'm going to, like, 15 minutes before I arrive, within those time frames, I'll say, hey, I'm coming. Like, Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine, right? For them to just I would be in. fine with that, but, yeah, I would want to, as long as, maybe I'm just more protective about my studio, of, like, the cleanliness of it, and I feel you like somebody's going to ruin that, and it's going to ruin yeah. the flow or potentially break things. Not break things, but, like, potentially dirty the studio is kind of mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. But, um, I don't know. I think that's mostly what goes into it. Yeah. And it depends on the access to the studio. Like, they obviously could come around the back of the house and come in this door down here and use the bathroom downstairs. Or, you know, and they could stay on the bottom level and it's not a big deal. But I am working from this desk during the day. So they would need to, like, you know, go around or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, and like you said, a lot of people have their studios in their garage. So, like, in that regard, it probably wouldn't be an issue at all. Yeah, um, that would just be like, hey, I'm going to be here this day, this time. Right. Come and um, go. And I would say... As that, long as you yeah. have that agreement about, like, leaving the studio as you found it kind of thing, yeah. I think... Or maybe you do have an extra wheel that they mm-hmm. can use. And that's, like, their dead... I would feel more comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Which I do technically have a third wheel. Right. As long as there's space for it and, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. I think going into it, somebody I don't know. It's different. That's where I was like, it seems like a good business decision to do that, mm-hmm. to trade studio access, but I feel like it just opens up more room for for complications for like inequality of trade and then like risk of blowing things up in the kiln or glazing issues or something else like that yeah and then scheduling thing i mean i've depending on your schedule personally i feel like your the scheduling could get hectic with people because you gotta let people in let people go in and out of the house or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to be out of town. Oh, man, I'd love to be in the studio this weekend for four hours or all day Saturday or whatever. And it's like, I guess, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe wait till I'm back. Like, Well, you can always put in a camera. Obviously, I think you should have, I mean, if you trust them, you trust them. But if you, like, don't want to let somebody in your house yeah. for an entire day while you're gone... Yeah, I mean, well, and also, if you're going to do that, like, put a camera in your studio and turn it on when you're gone. And, you know, that's a liability issue regardless. You know, I think that having a camera in the studio, if you have somebody else, you should have always, regardless. Um, People do things that, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? You know? Like, yeah. Or cats do things, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I definitely think if you do do something like this where you're, you know, trading studio times or what have you, and people are in your studio, regardless, you should be having a camera. Unless it's somebody, unless it's somebody like Erica who's working with you all the time, basically, and, you know, so on and so forth. But I think a camera is a really good security for... Mm -hmm. And then if you don't, like, aren't using it, just throw it, look at, look at your kiln so you don't have to, like, be there. (laughs) Yeah. Or, like, you know, maybe they want to come in and they're like, well, my, you know, spouse can't watch the kid. Can I bring my kid with me while I'm in the studio? It's like, I don't know. It depends on who the person is, if they're in that situation or whatever. But, you know, then it's like, well... Or like, hey, my friend was gonna, I was gonna show my friend something, you know. Yeah. Just you. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, I think the biggest pro is like, yes, I have access to all this equipment that would be nice to share with people. Yeah. But then it's like, what do you open yourself up to with? Yeah, are you the next. I feel like I'm more likely studio? looking at the the potential <laughs> negatives or the potential issues that could come up that could cause headaches. Yeah. And it's like, there's a lot. I would rather make this more transactional with just work for money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I, I mean, I was thinking about that in the past. I was like, Hey, you know, they don't have access. It's like, you know, what if I did ask them if they wanted to do this mm-hmm. and trade a day for studio access and then I pay you for another day or something, you know, it's like, you know, I do have all this stuff. I would probably have a shelf that they could use, but, you know, they would come another day, and then, you know, what do they get from a, another studio that they do it out of? 
you know, they have access, maybe they have more access to the studio on a regular basis than coming, you know, communicating with me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think the, there's already so much going on with me that like adding that level of mind, yes. <laughs> like, like so much going on in my mind of like things I need to think about. Yeah just makes it more difficult rather than just getting on a regular schedule. I mean, not that you can't get on a regular schedule and trade studio access, but yeah, I think the time frame is probably good. Yeah. Just like you would do for a normal class. Like mm-hmm. you're kind of contracted for seven weeks. Yeah. Eight yeah, weeks. Whatever. No, yeah. And it's like, you can reassess and then that gives you options to like, say this isn't working or this is working or, you know, I'd like to see if we can clean, leave the studio better mm-hmm. than you le- than you got there. Like maybe cleaning up where you were and cleaning up the studio is a requirement when you finish your studio day or your work day. Maybe yeah. that's part of the work that you're doing is to clean the studio. So it looks better when I get into it than when you got into it. That yeah. would probably put my mind to ease more that would be pretty tough in your studio because you always keep it pretty clean anyway yeah ryan's one of those people that like if he has like one scrap of of dirt he like makes sure to throw it into the trash bucket like yeah if i'm trimming something and there's a piece of clay that like flings off while i'm trimming a piece like, i will grab it off the like, floor and then put it i'll into finish the, the piece and i'll yeah i'll <laughs> pick up the trimmings and put them into the splash pan or whatever so that I'm not stepping on them and crunching them and waiting until they dry. And Yeah. 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 I am definitely I mean, that's why I haven't basically... I think I basically mopped the studio like once since we've lived here. Yeah. Because it's not really dirt. I mean, I get dust bunnies, but I don't like... Yeah, we don't mop the studio. We don't, we don't have as like... Our studio that we all share me Merritt, and sarah uh, we don't mop it uh the only dirt like we i sweep pretty i swear to god if anybody messages us about silicosis i'm gonna fucking kill them um (laughs) i get the clay that is dropped on the floor off of the floor in a safe manner um when it's like you're taking a sweeper and you're freaking flinging that some bitch across the room it but uh, Pip's hair goes fucking everywhere. Pip is Sarah's dog, and she... Do y'all is... have fans going or anything? Is that why the hair is just no, all Pip over? No, Pip just goes or... everywhere. It's like... Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> there's just Pip I hair everywhere. <laughs> so it's like, whatever. But we keep a fairly clean studio, which is nice. Plus your floor is... Your floor's not concrete. It's not... It's like no. a tile vinyl or something, isn't it? Yeah. It's annoying. Which I feel like that's easier to clean, right? The vinyl? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably hard to see some dirt and stuff because it's like a cream color, isn't it? Yeah. And, like, I make sure that there's something on the wall so that if... Like, I don't clean what's on the wall, but I make sure that there's a shower curtain, like a dollar store shower curtain on the wall. So that... Because I don't have a splash pan. So that the splashes go to the shower curtain and not the wall. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um... (laughs) That's very important. Uh, and I don't really clean that off because if I did, it would just be like... But... Um, mm-hmm. Of dry clay scraps. Yeah. 
What about a, okay, here's another follow-up question. Okay, what if you did, and this kind of goes to the timing thing, but what if you were like, hey, the winter is my biggest making session because I'm making work for the spring. Maybe you just do like a five-month contract of, hey, we're going to share studio access and you're going to help me get my Mm -hmm. production up. I just got a whole bunch of money from the winter or Mm -hmm. maybe that's where you decide on, okay, I need help for five months. Yeah. We can either do studio access, this structure, or I can pay you 15 an hour. Right. Which will estimate to about four hours a week or whatever. Yeah. And then you give the option to them to say like, hey, here's here's the options. Yeah. I mean, that's an option. I mean, like Seb came to me and asked me to work for studio time. Like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, because because they were already in the area, they already mm-hmm. knew about your studio. Yeah, were they a student? No, they had just gotten out of college, and they like came to um, came to Washington and, and lived on this like homestead, and they just want they had always done clay, and they wanted to kind of like get back into it. So um, okay, and they really liked the chemistry and all that stuff. So they just wanted to like get into learning more about it. And mm-hmm. so, and they had no interest in throwing. It was all hand building. Oh my God. Seb made the tiniest little bunnies and they were the goddamn cutest bunnies I've ever seen in my life. They were like, mm-hmm. like half an inch tall, <laughs> little bunny figurines. And they were so goddamn cute. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I basically. That would be great. Hey, if I, if I could share a studio access with somebody that's hand building and they just make a bunch of tiny stuff, oh, I'd yeah, be like, just come tiny on little in. little bunnies. Come on in. You ain't going to dirty <laughs> shit up. You ain't going to dirty anything. Tiny little bunnies. Um, yeah, it was great. Okay. Yeah, so that's like a, that's like when they come and they're like, hey, you want to trade? Yeah, I mean, I think if they're coming to you. Yeah, that's when you got it. Good. That's great. I mean. You could also have a really messy potter around the corner as well. Yeah, absolutely. That you don't know about. Um, yep. That's what stressed me out. I'd be like, oh, no. If they're dirtying the hell out of that wheel, it makes me think that they're going to be open to cleaning the studio for me. It's true. But maybe, any, I don't know. Do we have anything else to add? I have an off-topic off question that I wanted to ask you that's really off-topic, like not even ceramics-related, but I thought that we could end our episode with it. Um, what is the biggest pro? We'll, we'll do the last pros here. What's the biggest pro about trading studio access for, for work? Okay, you don't have to pay anybody. Um, you potentially make a new friend. Um... You get your clay weighed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that the pay is probably the biggest thing for me personally. But yeah, I mean, I I think it's cool to also like share your equipment as long as it's within like it feels selfish to say like I wish they would work in a fashion that's like easy to have them share it. Like, yeah having me happy to share my equipment with them because they appreciate it. Like I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it does. It it gives you like a definitely like satisfaction when you, you you can share the things that you are fortunate enough to have. Right. Yeah. 
Um, okay, and then what's the biggest pro about paying someone for studio work? No expectations. I mean, like, set expectations. And, like... Um, what do you mean? Or what? No set expectations? No, no, no. Set expectations for what they need to do, and then you don't have to see them again. Like, until the next time. <laughs> okay, so it's like, it's very, like, day-to-day. Yeah, no it's surprises. Like, I have this plan for you today yeah. in this time block. Here's what I would like you to do. Right. No surprises. No, like, no like hey, let's maybe do this. <laughs> you know? It's just, like, set. Yeah. Okay. What about you? It's very transactional. It's kind very of what transactional. it sounds like. That's what I was trying to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah. I think there's... I think there's an easier... I feel like it's easier to, to make it... It's equaler. It's more equal in that pay for... Pay for work. I feel like there's more leeway. Like, you can choose yeah. exactly what work you want them to do. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of make your money's worth as well as make them happy with what you're giving them and hopefully make a studio environment that's easy enough to where it's like you're not on their ass all the time or you're not like expecting things out of them and they don't meet expectations because you didn't explain it or like, right. I feel like it's easier to have an equal. Yeah. I want to say trade, but like it's equal for both parties. I also thought of a pro of trading. Um, no money is exchanged, so there's uh, no government is involved. Unless you're doing it under the table, then it's whatever. But <laughs> not that we're suggesting that, but it might be a good idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That was it. Okay. I feel like we talked enough about cons and stuff throughout. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All my worry. All my worry. <laughs> And Becca's like, I don't care. Come as much as you want. I don't care. Uh, oh, I forgot to say also in the beginning, I was going to tell you that I finally, this is exciting news. I finally booked the ticket to Colorado to go do my private consultation. Oh, you did. I saw yeah. your stories about it. Yeah. So finally I booked the ticket. I'm going out from uh, September 30th to October 10th. So okay. October 4th to 10th, I'm opening up for consultations, in, uh, in-person consultations. So if you live in the metro Denver area, Larimer County, or Boulder area, um, uh, li- uh, someone told me that I could borrow their portable wheel. So Okay. Um, yeah. So like you're gonna take a portable wheel to people's studios? Probably or something. I don't know. If they have a if they have a wheel, then I don't need a portable wheel. But okay. But or could they come to you? At or they a could come to studio, me. Yeah. Potentially. Could, yeah. I did talk to somebody. There's somebody opening up a studio in downtown Denver, and she even has a um, Airbnb that I could stay at. Uh, oh sweet. Okay. But my parents are gonna want to see me at some point, so I have to like see them. Well, yeah. Obviously. I mean. That's part of the visit. And they're going to let me borrow my car. Oh, this is so fucking crazy. What do you mean, borrow your car? You don't have a car there? I borrow their cars. Oh. Um, This is so. Okay. Ryan, my father, we've discussed this before. My father has a brand new 2021 Kia Sedona or Kia something sports car. I don't even know what it is. It's a red Kia Sorento. 
Kia sports car of some sort. Okay. Optima. Probably. I don't fucking know. And Sentra. <laughs> no, that's a Nissan Sentra. <laughs> so it's a 2021 bright red. And yes. then when my uncle and my sister moved to their house to live in their mother-in-law, uh, it's not Sweet. a weird relationship, by the way. They're both disabled and they take care of each other. Um, <laughs> well, everybody's like, your sister's with your uncle? I'm like, oh, fucking hey, man. Um, <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> um, he's 80 and she's 35, so come on. <laughs> um, anyway, um, when my, my uncle moved <laughs> to Washington, to Colorado, he brought this, like, 1992... Uh, Ford Taurus or some shit like that. It was like a Chevy, like Chevy Cavalier, Chevy Cavalier or some shit like that. And it's tan. And my dad <laughs> only drives that fucking car. Like he will not drive his <laughs> brand new fucking car. This is like, this is a man that has been poor his whole life until recently. And he will not Did he even want to get the Kia or was that like a, know. your mom got him into it? Like I remember, when they got it he called me he's like hey we just spent your inheritance and i was like great fantastic what'd you get and he was like we just got brand new cars so he was excited about it at like the beginning like when they got the cars but then my mom calls me and she's like yeah we sold dad's new car <laughs> was she just told you that yeah like two days ago my mom calls me and says yeah we sold dad's brand new fucking car that's got six thousand miles on it Six thousand. Oh my god! Six, did they get a good price though? Did yeah, the did they, they they like paid the loan off and all the things? I don't even know why yeah. they got it when a loan, but um, probably because there was a good APR or some shit like that. But like, <laughs> and I was like, so he's driving now because he never drove it, so they just sold the brand new car. Now he's driving nineteen ninety two Chevy Cavalier or whatever the fuck he's driving. I don't know. Were they going to do anything with the money? Were they going to get a different car? Probably not. <laughs> She was like, so you'll probably have to use my car. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, it would have wow. been nice to use my dad's just because the new one got like 50 miles a gallon. But. Here yeah. Wow. I would feel kind of like. He's driving and he's driving the Cavalier because your uncle cannot drive anymore. Is that. No, he's driving that the his Cavalier car? because he likes it better. Well, yeah, but <laughs> whose car was the Cavalier? It was my uncle's. He bought it from my uncle for a dollar. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's probably like I'm coasting on I'm coasting on money right now. This like my dad saved so much money on this car. My dad has been doing a like a uh like a used car dealership situation for years. He would like buy a car, drive it two years, sell it, buy another car, drive it two years, sell it, uh buy another car and then buy another car. And then decide which one he wanted to sell and like make money off of that. Like he's been doing that for years. He's always driven really fucking old cars. Like, but not old good cars, like old cars. <laughs> like old Mac cars. Like you can almost put the historic tag on that car. No. Like you probably could. Ninety two. That's older than twenty five years old. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, like 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 fifteen year old cars. That's his like that's his prime, right? If it's a fifteen wow. year old car, that's where he, that's where he wants to be. It's just so funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like these like my cars are twenty twelve. Like that's pretty old. And but it I doesn't feel like seem it's harder like it's... to distinguish, like, like mid two thousands and like newer. I feel I like agree. it's 
it's a little more of a gray area. Like you can't tell as much. Yeah, like my car. Maybe it's just I'm not into cars as much nowadays. No, but. I think you're right. My car's a 2020, 2014, and it's it looks like the brand new Subarus. Like it looks pretty much the same. I think they're just running out of ideas. They're just upgrading the tech inside it, and that's mostly it. Yeah, they're like, we got the design down. <laughs> yeah, it's like iPhone hasn't here, changed in there. twelve years. Why do we need a change? <laughs> they change the the color tone a little bit yeah so dumb wow so that was your news the the colorado trip yeah the colorado trip was my news sorry that like nice okay sidebar and you're flying out there because you're using their car so i'm flying out there i got tickets for like 300 bucks so that wasn't bad i guess i don't know i don't buy plane tickets because i've been on your buddy passes yeah. for such a long we're time we're gonna have to buy the plane tickets for Claycon west i'm driving out there again are you? Yeah, I decided it just doesn't make any sense for me to fly because I'm going to want to go see Jen and then... Um, go to Washington? Going to Washington, but also Andrew um, bought a house down there. Like, Andrew bought a house with another one of his friends, and they're using it as an Airbnb in Arizona. And so... In Arizona, in wow. In Arizona. And so um, we're going to do a Where week. in Arizona? I don't know. We're going to do a week in Arizona either before or after Claycon West. And hopefully Val can come down. And Is Val going to do Claycon West? Wasn't she on the fence about it last year? Um, she did not come. But it's all a matter of money and time, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Arizona's pretty cool. We've been to Phoenix a few times. I like the... Yeah, I think it maybe it might be in, like, Phoenix area. I don't know. Phoenix, Scottsdale, something like that. Yeah. So I don't think that's too far. I feel like Andrew drove from Flagstaff last last time. Yeah, it won't be too far. Yeah. He drove from south for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was a few years, a couple years ago, but. Okay. So then we're gonna have, so I'm gonna have to give you some pots and stuff like last time. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about having to pack up some shit. We'll take our wheel talk mugs and mm-hmm. some other stuff. I'd like to, yeah, because if I'm going to be sleeping in my car again, I'd like to not have that many pots. But Yeah, we're not going to. I, I overdid it last time for yeah. sure. But it was fine. Like, we figured it out last year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't know what to expect for selling-wise. Yeah. Oh, we didn't say any this when De- uh, Diana... Um, Adams was on. Yeah. Um, she's sample house. She, yeah, sample house. She's going to be at Claycon West too. She's going to yeah, be one of the main of the speakers. Demonstrating presenters. Yeah. Yeah. So like main presentation, main stage, main stage, and then she's also doing something at Enzika too. The um, shit. She doing the talk, throwing shit. Throwing shit at Enzika. Is it at Enzika or they, is it? They said they're doing it at Enzika. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's kind of her little, like, web series she does for, yeah. on Instagram with some people. Yeah. Yeah, so you should come to Click on West. We will be there doing a mini presentation, which is, like, hour and a half discussion. We'll be talking about selling at art shows mm-hmm. and whatever questions the audience has for us. That was always a fun time. Yeah. And uh, we'll be there. I think we'll be talking on Friday, so... Yeah, uh, Joe said that they had so many people that wanted to, they had so many applicants that they just, like, added some to an extra day, so there's going to be even more. 
Oh, really? Yeah. They they have more to put? Well, I mean, like... Oh, okay. We're more... Uh, yeah, like, there, there were more slots than I remember Yeah, they've before. never done presentations on Friday before. Okay. Yeah, because there's at least two on Friday, I think. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Yeah, so y'all get more presentations for your money than you have in the past if you've been there. Uh, yeah, should be a good time. Yeah. So. All right. Uh. Oh, this was my question. My question for you, is there any new shows that you've been watching that you're really into right now? It can be old shows and stuff, but like, what are you watching right now? Hmm. An actual like oh eight simple rules for dating your teenage daughter. Oh, that's what that's you're watching. our that's Rachel and I's like dinner show that we watch. Nice. I think there's only two seasons or three seasons or something. I think John Ritter died in season two, like literally died <laughs> during season two. Hmm. Um, we just started season two, so yeah, I would say that's my. That's my show. What show are you watching? Well, I've been on Star Trek for quite some time. I'm in, I think I'm in season three. Still still rocking it out, huh? I'm in the next generation. Um, now, with Picard. Uh, and look, Picard? Look. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Is Picard a last name? Yeah, John. Captain, P- Captain Picard? Picard. I'm okay. in season three, episode 26. Wow. But I've heard good things about, like, um, I've heard good things about, like, uh, Murder in the Building or something. <gasps> Ghost is on. Ooh, Ghost is on uh, Paramount. I fucking love Ghost. Also, did I tell you that Whoopi Goldberg is in Star Trek? Yeah, you said that with okay. um, Diana. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've mainly been watching a bunch of like comedy, uh, comedy stand up, you know, specials. Yeah. I'm about to, uh, the second season of this thing just came out, and I'm about to watch this. What is it? It it is the second season of Indian Matchmaking. Oh. It's on Netflix. <laughs> oh, Lloyd is here, and he is telling me it's time to go. I've decided that Lloyd is a millionaire and I'm his assistant. Did I tell you that? No. That's our relationship. He's a millionaire in what? Like cat treats or something? He's like a millionaire. He's like a business millionaire, like an entrepreneur millionaire. That's just like every time I walk around, he's like, hey, what are you doing? You're doing that wrong. Hey, (laughs) why are you doing that? Hey, hey, hey. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. You hear him? You hear him? He's like, what the fuck, man? I don't hear him. Oh, he just meowed. He's scoping out his territory. Okay. I, I've I've also been digging into a little bit of the old Disney movies. I watched <gasps> Brink, the, Brink the other oh day. Oh my god, Brink. I fucking, fucking love that Brink. movie. I was so... Man, that that sweet spot of that like period of my childhood was like right when I was like doing rollerblading oh, and perfect. bike riding and like Perfection. BMX was big and skateboarding. Yeah. Fucking loved it. Are you gonna watch Airbud? Is Airbud on there? Is Airbud Disney? I don't think Airbud. Nickelodeon it... or what was it? No, it's not I Nickelodeon. Air... I don't think Airbud's on there. I I looked at I looked through every single movie on there and put as many of them on my list as possible. I think. Yeah. 
So I don't think Airbud is. Now I'm looking on my IMDb. I mean, I I watched Airbud semi recently, so Airbud's all right. Kind of holds up. Let's see. I fucking loved Brink though. That was such a good movie. Um, it doesn't even say. It doesn't say who it's made by. I don't think it's on there though. It's crazy the the other ones that they have like Golden. I watched Golden Receiver, World Pub, Seventh Inning Fetch, Spikes Back, Airbud Spikes Back. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Yeah, some of the... Yeah. Is there a movie that you watched when you were a kid and you were like, you watch it again many years later and you're like... How? Ooh. <laughs> like, what? Um, I don't know. Man, there's some movies that just do not hold up. So, I mean, some of these Disney movies are a little cringe. It's like... But yeah, there's definitely some out there. Were you looking something up or are you just distracted? I'm just distracted. Okay, we should probably wrap up then. We should probably wrap up. Alright, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Go visit Becca if you're in Colorado. Yeah. Do they have a special booking on your website for that trip? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> but we'll probably do something. I don't know for sure. Okay. How? But, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. All right. Bye. Bye. Yo, yo, yo. It's Becca here. Hey, just so you know, thank you for listening. And also, we have, what do we have again? A Patreon. We have a Patreon that you should go and if you want to donate to, you could donate to it. If you don't, that's cool too. But um, just Google Wheel Talk Podcast Patreon. Don't do the other one uh, because there is a Wheel Talk on Patreon, but it's not us. So make sure you get the right one. And it's in the show notes. And also um, leave us a review because they're fun to read. Okay, bye.